Three, two, one, right? Recording in progress. Okay, Shalom Ubracha. We are back. We are continuing with this amazing lesson, lesson 24, paragraph number five. It just has to be so reiterated again and again that, Mamash, when you work on being Besimcha, this is the key. I'm speaking to a lot of families and also reading a lot of stories of families in the past that the secret of their Hatzlacha to be together is that if it was the father or the mother, maybe the father was someone who was always trying to be happy. When there's Simcha at home, it gives the reason for the kids to be together. I look at my mother's family. My mother's family, they, my uncles and aunts are not so from. Some, are be, some became more, some are becoming. And I also have cousins who are becoming more from and everything. And I see that by them, the most important thing is that they were always together. And why? Because the parents, the grandparents, they're always happy. My, the, the memories I have of my, my Bubi and my Zaidi on my mother's side is they're always telling jokes. They're always telling jokes nonstop. And there was such a good feeling. And it had such a hashpa by the kids that even if they were not so from, but they stayed together. And when you have togetherness, that's the key for people coming back to the tshuva b'zat Hashem. If now, you know, there's a togetherness because there's a simcha, you want everything. Also, if, if Hashem, the, big, the biggest problem today, the big, one of the biggest problems today is you have a from family and you're one of the kids who go, what's called OTD, OTD, off the derech, right? Who doesn't have a family where one of the brothers or sisters they start becoming more and more modern, and some even go to Mechalal Shabbat and everything. So the normal attitude is, you know, you're not supposed to do this and this, and they get angry because I didn't raise you like this. Oh my God, what happened? And people get pressured and everything. And it just pushes the child away more and more. Whereas the opposite is the, is the key. The opposite is that when they show simcha to the child, the, the sibling, whatever, and there's a happiness and everything, that child will want to come back. Even if they go away, when they remember that the home is Haimish, the home has a warm kite, there's a warmth and everything, they come back. This is what Rabbeinu is saying, is invest a lot in Simcha. Don't think it's something, ah, yeah, Simcha, by the way, <laughs> Simcha. Invest in it, because it's a key for everything else. In this lesson, the whole Torah is based on this idea of working on the Simcha as the key for everything. It'll lead you for all the levels Rav Nossin, in his letters, he wrote letters to his son when he wrote this lesson. He wrote a lesson on this lesson, on, on this lesson in Kutimran. Rav Nossin wrote a year before he passed away, the year 1843, 1844. He wrote one of those most beautiful halachot on this Torah, on the Simcha. It's called Birkat Hoda'ah Halacha Vav in the Kutah Halachot. And while he's writing the lesson, he's writing letters to his son. And you see the theme of the lesson in the letters. And you see how he's telling his son the main thing is to turn all the sadness into joy, and that's the key. Rav Nossin, amazingly, I mean, it's last week's parsha, but he goes up to the whole secret of Nichum Avelim, the, of the, the, the Nichum Avelim of Yaakov to Yitzchak when Avram Avinu passed away. So it says in the parsha, Vayazed Nazid, that he was preparing a dish of lentils, right? Lentils to give Yitzchak. And Rashi goes off, quoting the Midrash and the Gemara, that the lentils is the food we give for the initial seudah for the mourners. Seudat Havra'ah 
is ideally lentils or eggs. Today we do eggs, it's easier to do eggs. But ideally lentils was done. Why lentils and why an egg? Because the lentil is round. It's round. What's ideally being round? That Rashi says, Galgalu shechozer ba'olam. That the morning is a wheel that turns. What does that mean? That everybody goes through it. One day you're here, ah, I'm okay, everyone's alive, my parents are alive. And then the wheel turns and then you're up here, you have the morning. Okay? So Vnosens goes further. He says, what does it mean, Galgalu shechozer ba'olam? Morning is sadness, okay? And the idea of Nichum Avilin, what's the idea of Nichum Avilin? You know, you know what the mitzvah is in Nichum Avilin? We're trying to bring joy to the mourners. We're trying to bring, when, you, when you're coming to Menachem Davidin, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a way of, of trying to bring Simcha to the mourners. That's what we're trying to do. Now, to acting, <laughs> telling jokes and everything, and, and putting on music, that will make them feel happy, that will make them feel worse. You have to know by just being there, bringing them the food, being present, showing your love, that's already simcha, that's already a consolation. Rav Nosen, he shows that the main necham of avelut is simcha. And the idea of nichum avelim is turning sadness into simcha. And when Chazal say that galgalu shechozer ba'olam, mourning is a, is a wheel that goes by everybody, it means that in life you have times that are sad, times that are happy. It's always turning. It's turning. What does that mean? That when you see your life, you're stuck in a sad situation. Don't stop the wheel. Let the wheel continue turning to get to the simcha. Don't end with sadness. The wheel's always turning. Always turning, always turning. So if now you're in a situation which is sad, don't make assumptions. Okay, I'm finished. My life is over. It's over, you know? There's a, there's a song I was, unfortunately, when I get broken... There's a song by Mordechai Abraham Fried. Well, it's over. It's like you're talking about the Gula, Mashiach comes. It's over. Well, it's over. So you start singing, it's over, it's finished, it's over, I'm finished, Hashem, that's it, I'm, I'm done. So, no, the wheel keeps on turning. They say in breast of like this that the Yetzirah gives you a patch, you give him back a patch. He gives you a patch, you give him back a patch. That's all of life. All of life is he punches you. You punch him back. He punches you. You punch him back. The thing is, Vatishak Leomacharon. Who gives the last punch? Who gives the last punch? Him or me? Okay. That means, where do you stop the wheel? Where does the wheel stop? Do you stop it at the sadness, at the atzvut, or do you stop it at the simcha? You, the wheel can keep on turning. It's up to you. If you choose that it stops at the sadness, <laughs> you, you stop the wheel. The wheel, the wheel continues to move on. It's, if you don't touch the wheel, it'll continue. From the sadness, <laughs> wait a moment until the anger passes. Or like it says in Echa, <laughs> be silent and wait for the salvation of Hashem. But it comes in the end, right? Anytime Amisha went to a tragedy, we have afterwards a Nechama. In, in the world, how, how Judaism is designed, the end will be a nechama. There's what's called tchet ha-metim, the geula, that means at the end, everything's going to be up. It's not going to end sad. Right now, we're going through the wheel. The wheel. So he says, we have no sin, the idea of galgalusha bechazer ba'olam is you have to turn this happy, the sadness into happiness. Don't let, it, don't, don't let it be stuck there. Don't accept the sadness and make it a reality. You hear that? Don't accept the sadness and make it a reality. Rather, let it move. Go forward. Don't stop and make assumptions. It's easier said than done. 
That's why a person has to do everything to be happy. If it's telling jokes, if it's saying pitumaktoret, ktoret also we spoke a lot about. If it's giving thanks to Hashem, the idea to, to work on being positive. And when you can't, when you see you're just being attacked from all the corners, so then you cry to Hashem. What do you cry about? You say, Hashem, I want to be happy. I'm trying to serve you, but I'm just being bombarded in my life. Everything is falling on me. Hashem, I know you love me, but I don't see it right now. I see just total darkness in my life. I see Yehush. I see black in my eyes. If Hashem, this is what you really want of me to suffer like this and to end my life like this, and this is what you really want, Hashem, then let me accept it. Besimcha bemuna. And if this is not what you want, then get me out. But Hashem, to stay negative like this, Nobody wins. You don't win. Hashem loves when you argue that argument. Hashem wants you to give good, good arguments. This is a very good one. We tell Hashem, Hashem, if I'm sad and broken, you don't gain. I don't gain. The world doesn't gain. Who gains? Who gains if I'm down? I want, I want to serve. I want to be happy. I want to be positive. I can do so much, Hashem, when I'm positive. You just keep me heavy and down and sick and weighed down and there's no money and now I have the tzudis and I have this problem and I'm weighed down because of it, Hashem. But what do you gain? What do you gain from, from my atzvot, Hashem? So this sometimes is needed that a person is squeezed so much in order that he should mention these words. We're going to go into this a little bit, Hashem. But this is the idea of Yaakov and Esav. Esav the Rav Nosen says the reason why Esav fell so low, the reason why Esav became such a rasha is because he was full of atzvut. <laughs> Rav Nosen says that he had atzvut and kas. He was sad. Esav wasn't like, you know, an intellectual kofer. He fell into sadness. He was stuck in sadness. That led him to Gilu Arayot, Shvichudamim, Avodazar, that led to all the, the cardinal sins. Because he was, he was sad. And Yaakov was the opposite. That's why Renosan says, Yaakov, he, he said that this Rasha, Esav, is not deserving to have the birthright, the Bechorah. He bought from the Bechorah because Bechorah, it belongs with Simcha. And if Esav is such a Rasha, he can't do it. So Yaakov is the epitome of joy. Right? Yagir Yaakov Ismach Yisrael. Just a nice insight from your uncle. I have to say this amazing Chidush uh, that, that they, on this week's parasha. It says that Yaakov was sleeping, right? He was sleeping on, that's on the spot of Harabait, Bit Midash. And he saw the Sulam, right? He saw the ladder with the angels only in When he woke up, what did Yaakov Avinu say? Please correct me on the Pasuk. Achen yesh elokim v'anochi lo yadati. Is that the Lashon, more or less? Achen, he says, behold. Yesh elokim b'makom hazeh v'anochi lo yadati. Behold, when he woke up, Right, he says, Maze, Manora, Makumaze, Einze, Kim, Shar, Beit Elokim, Veze, Shar, Shamayim, right? So he said, uh, when he woke up, Achen, Yesh Elokim, Bamakumaze, Achen. I hope that's the last one of the Pasuk. Is that Elokim? Do you remember the Pasuk? Can you open the Pasuk for a second? You have a Chumash somewhere? Sorry, sorry to trouble you. There's a Chumash here. It's good to have the Pasuk accurate. So it's Parashat Vayaitzai. This week's Parashat. Vayaitzai. Where is it? Down? Okay, very good. Always when quoting Pasuk, anyways, it's Allah, you have to look inside. If it's not a frequently uh, used Pasuk. Here, thank you. Okay, so look at the Pasuk here. Parashat Vayetzeh. Okay. The beginning of the Parashat. He's sleeping, right? He sleeps in Beit El. 
ויקץ יעקב משנתו ויאמר, אכן יש השם במקום הזה, ואנוכי לא ידעתי. So Yaakov woke up from his sleep and he said, Achen, yes, Hashem, b'makom hazeh. That means, the Midrash says, he wasn't just given a revelation of the angels going up and down, but he saw the Kiseh HaKavod. What's on the Kiseh HaKavod? Four images, you remember? The Aryeh, Kruv, Nesher, and the face of Yaakov. The face of Yaakov. Mevakshe fanecha Yaakov Sela. So what did he say? Achen, yes, Hashem, b'makom hazeh. Achen, Aryeh, Kruv, Nesher, the three images on the Kisei Kavod, I knew already he was here. Vanochi, but me also. Anochi, Al Aryeh, Nesher, Chuv, Yaakov, you? Lo yadati, I didn't know that I'm also there. This is Yaakov, this is from your uncle, the Kiddush, okay? This fits in nicely. Mevakshef Anecha Yaakov Sela, okay? The idea of the Yud. Yaakov, he's, he's on the Kisei Kavod. He was Zocher, Yaakov, you should know the reason why Yaakov was Zocher to be more than Avraham and Yitzchak. He's called in the, we say in the Yom Kippur Katan and in the Slicha of Yom Kippur, right? Itkarlan Zechutei de Yaakov Shelema. He's called Yaakov the Complete. More than, more than Avraham, more than Yitzchak, because Yaakov, he was being tested non-stop in life, and his secret to be Matzliach was what? Yager Yaakov Yismach Yisrael. The key for Yaakov Avinu is that he was always Besimcha. That was his key. That's why it's called Shalem, right? It was this Simcha that he gave over to Yosef. That Yosef also went through such tests, like Rashi says coming up in Parashat Vayeshev, what Yaakov went through, Yosef went through, right? There's a parallel between Yaakov, Ben Zikuni Mulo, whatever, Rashi brings that down. There's a parallel between, Yosef is an extension of Yaakov Avinu in this sense, and it says about Yosef, Ayish Matzliach, he was a very successful man. Rashi says, or the Midrash says, but Matzliach, that is always dancing and singing in Egypt. And Aviavotatuma, Yosef wasn't like, you know, down. He was dancing and, 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 and happy and positive in, in such a Tuma. And that's, that was also Yaakov. That was the key. That they, they were happy people. That's why there was so Matzliach. And we have to remind you what the Arizal said. The Arizal said about himself that the reason why he reached his high, high level to be the master Mikubal of all generations. Is because that he served Hashem b'simcha. The Arizal said about himself that he did the mitzvot b'simcha. That was his key. The key above anything else. Nachon, it's difficult. Nachon, it's crazy. But you have to do your best. And that's what Rabbeinu says, even acting silly, even telling jokes, okay? And one joke I have to tell you guys, just to make you guys a little bit happy, okay? Uh, a guy, he was working in a super, you know, you know the, the supermarkets in Israel now, they charge for bags. Uh, yeah, they charge 10 agurot for a bag. And when you finish your shopping, they ask you how many bags you have to pay for the bags. You say five bags, ten bags, okay? So one guy started working in the supermarket day and night, day and night. He comes home, his wife says, I'm leaving you. You don't care about me anymore. You don't take care of me. You never spend time with me. So the husband says to the wife, how many bags do you need? <laughs> how many bags? Okay, stupid joke, fine. But at least it makes you laugh, right? That's the point. That even if it's a stupid joke, it gets you smiling. That's the key, right? Fine. So this is just a little bit of Yaakov Avinu. What, Yaakov Avinu is very important because he's coming up again. He come up already, if, if, we're, if we're already in the parsha of Ayetzeh, if you look, we already quoted a pasuk that Yaakov said to Lavan in Sif Dalit, he says, Vayvarech Hashem otcha leragli, if you remember, uh, in, in Dalit, in Sif Dalit, that Yaakov said to Lavan, Hashem blessed you because of my feet, because 
I lift it up from the, le- the legs, the concept of the feet, the concept of the hands. Okay. That's just to connect to the parsha. We're now going to <laughs> we're going to continue Bezat Hashem with where we left off. Okay. So again, we're in Sif Hey. Okay. Um, I know there's always new people coming, but uh, there's only so much we can go over. We can't go over the same thing again and again and again. What can we do? Uh, this, the, the classes are recorded, Baruch Hashem. Okay. Ve'ikar ha'bracha shenishpa'in ha'yadayim. The main blessing that comes down from the hands, because we said when a Jew does the mitzvot b'simcha, he's able to lift the mitzvah from the klipot, from the klipot, Okay. And once you lift the mitzvah on the klipot, you lift them up to the legs, that means the mitzvah gains momentum and has motion and movement, and it gets things moving in life. And yet also, your whole world starts going towards Hashem. In other words, the people you interact, your life, what's happening, the food you eat, the air you breathe, the whole world you're going through is now built on helping you go forward with Hashem. This is by doing the mitzvah b'simcha. When that happens, you now have the merit to activate what's called the hands. The hands is the idea of bracha. Now, just a, an amazing insight a little. Rabbeinu says that ktoret and simcha have the same power. Ktoret, according to the Kabbalah, does the exact same thing. The idea of saying ktoret in the beginning of the davening, and at the end, the beginning of mincha also, is because what the ktoret does is has the power to rescue the Kedusha that's trapped in the evil. That's why we start the davening in the morning with Pitu Maktoret. And then the part of the Korbanat we say the Ktoret, because the Ktoret has the power to lift up what's down and stuck in the Tuma to bring it up. If there's a mitzvah, for a person wakes up in the morning and he's like dead, okay? So he's not, he's not in a good mood to daven and his tefillin, everything is down. So Ktoret gives him that boost to lift him up his shacharit, his tefillin, his tzitzis, his kriyachma that he's going to say to lift it out. And that simcha has the exact same power. For this reason, Rav Nosen writes, saying ktoret is misugal to be besimcha. If you're down, a big segula is a ktoret. So we, we pointed out from the Midrash, ktoret, the Midrash says, the Midrash says this stands for four words. Kedusha, tahara, ratzon, tikva. Okay? These four words correspond to the four levels that we are going into. We're in the middle of, we've gone into, we're going into, and we will go into. Kedusha is the first level of taking the Kedusha that's trapped in the Klippa and bringing it up, out. That's the idea of Kedusha. Once it's, at, it's been elevated to the level of the legs, it's called Tahara. Now you purify the Mitzvah and the Kedusha. Now the Mitzvah can be done with a level of Tahara, okay, because you, you, you've rescued it from the evil. The third level, the third which we spoke about last week is the idea of the bracha, ratzon, resh, ratzon. That the bracha you activate is based on your ratzon. Like we said, ratzon. Hashem opens His hands to everyone. And He gives satisfaction to all living based on the ratzon, okay? And the final level, which is tapping into what's called chokhmah binadat, the Keter, the infinite light, which we didn't go into yet at all, that's called Tikva. Because that is the ultimate hope of all Am Yisrael, is that the, the, the ultimate hope of, of Am Yisrael is Lachazot Benoam Hashem Uvakir Bechano. Right? David Melech, Achat Sha'alti Met Hashem, I have one request. There's like five million requests. David Melech says there's one request. Why? What's this one request? 
that this is the goal. What is it? Shifti bevet Hashem Hashem. That's the goal. The goal of everything you're going through in life. The goal of the nice delicatessen on 16th Avenue and the food and the chasenes and going to Uman and then the kibbutz tzaddikim and the chasenes and the verses and then paying the phone bill and this and finding a new dira and then getting mud and falling and slipping and everything. All of life, the goal of everything is what? To get to lachazot benoam Hashem. The goal of this funny world this funny, kinky-dinky world that we all go through such funny things and the weather changes and the food changes and the stomach aches and the diarrhea and everything you're going through. The goal of everything is lachazot Hashem. What me? Look what I'm going through. I'm so megusham. I'm such a chasashonim behind it. Look how I eat. Look what I'm going through and fressing and, and everything. And, and, and I'm just so detached. And me too? And the answer is yes. That's the goal. The goal of everything, not everyone is zocher, fine. Not everyone is zocher. That's the challenge of life. The life, you see this world, you see a physical world, and the goal is to have the eyes of tzaddikim, any Hashem tzaddikim, that you can, like David Mach is saying, lachazot benoam Hashem, to get to that level where you can see Hashem everywhere. That's the goal. Okay? It's not easy, but if you have a ratzon, which is what we're going to go into again now a little bit more, you can make it visit Hashem. So we're at the stage of the, of the Reish, of the Ketoret. The Ketoret is something so powerful that it helps at every level. It helps for the Kuf, for the initial stage of lifting a person out of the Tuma. It helps for the Tahara, now to purify the air, to purify the atmosphere, to purify my environment, that I can be conducive to come close to Hashem. It's good for the Ratzon. The Ketoret is good for the Ratzon, to build a Ratzon that even though I am as I am, we're going to this Bezat Hashem a lot today, and still have a good ratzon, and I express it, okay? And then finally, the goal, that Ketor is also good for the tikva, to connect me to the Hashem, to the Ebeshter, to connect me to see Hashem in my life, that's why Ketor is so important not to skip in the evening, and to do as much as possible to invest in understanding the Ketor, just saying it, at least saying it, but koshikin when you can say it bekavana, okay? Why? Because Ketor brings simcha. That's basically it. The, the goal of Ketoret, the Pasuk Rabbeinu brought at the beginning of this lesson, Ketoret Yisamach Lev, okay? So let's go back. Ikar bracha shenishpayin mayadayin. The main bracha that comes from the hands, the person now is zoche, to go up to the level of the hands, okay? Which means he's at a point to receive and to give. Because hands receive and hands give. Legs is more momentum, motion, movement. Like we said about the molecules, we give an analogy. You know, when you eat up a pot, how does it work? the gas hits up the, the molecules, which is the tiny, tiny particles that make up everything in the world, the, the metal of the pot and the water inside. So the fire touches in one area with the molecules of the metal. So the molecule starts moving like this, and it starts moving the one next to it, and then until all the millions of molecules are moving, and then it starts touching the molecules of the water, and that's how they heat up. So a mitzvah does the exact same thing. If you're zochet to do a mitzvah b'simcha, it shakes up your whole environment. That's the idea of legs. Okay? Yadayim, now hands, is more associated with the idea of bracha. We went into this a lot. Remember the ten fingers of the hand are activating the ten sfirot. The ten sfirot are connected to the asarma marot, that the Hashem created the world. And Hashem created the fingers, the Midrash says, like tzinorot. An animal, for example, is curved. You see like a, a dog or a wolf or an elephant, animals, behemoths, highest, they don't have straight fingers like us. Mm-hmm. Human beings are unique. 
even the chimpanzee and the ape, they, 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 they don't walk like this. They walk like this. But human being, we normally we walk. The hands and the fingers are straight no more. Because the fingers of human being are channels for Kedusha. Right? We went into this a lot. We're not going to go into it again. So bracha is associated with the hands. And he says, the main bracha, be smart, is sechel. Sechel basically means to know and see Hashem in your life. That's the goal. All these expressions is seeing Hashem in your life. That's sechel. Okay? That's how the bracha, when it comes down to this world, when Hashem sends down from Yadaim, you see, it's like Hashem's hands, because it's coming up the Pasuk, Hashem's hands. But His hands are activated through our hands. Until now, in the lesson, by the way, Rabbeinu and Sif Dalit spoke about our hands, like, And then it says, These are hands of Tzadiki, right? The hands of Aharon, the hands of Abir Yaakov, Midei Abir Yaakov, it's interpreted as not just Hashem is the Abir Yaakov, where we say Aneinu Abir Yaakov, Hashem is called Abir Yaakov, but the, the way the Midrash interprets it, Abiruto Sher Yaakov, from the hands of the strength, Abirut Sher Yaakov, right? You remember the whole story we went into of Yosef? That, that it, was, it was through, it was through uh, the image of Yaakov, you know, that Yosef didn't nichshal with Eshet Potiphar, there was no Zerah Levatala even. There was, but it came out from the fingers, <laughs> in between the fingers, right? It didn't come out as, as a Pagam. And that was from the, we went into it a lot, in the Yadayim of Eriyakov, fine. But here now, all of a sudden, it switches to the hands of Hashem. Also, the Pasuk before that, and again, in Sivdavid, Vatelech Yad B'nei Yisrael, Aloch V'kashesh, in the hands of B'nei Yisrael, the hands of Aharon, V'yisaron Yadav, the hands of Yaakov, and now coming up is Potech Et Yadecha. So Hashem is mashpia from his yadayim. Ikar bracha shenishmai miyadayim. Hem sechem. Ukeshebaim lemata when this shefa, this bounty of blessing of sechel comes down, naasim lechol echad echad kfi retzono. We went into that last week. According to your ratzon, that's how you determine how your life will be. Your ratzon says everything. You want to be in Eretz Yisrael? You'll make it. You want a nice, a nice house and comfort everything. Hashem, b'derech shadam lelech, right? Again, chazal. B'derech shadam lelech. The way a person wants to go, b'amolchim oto. Your ratzon is the key for everything else. You know, people, they give this excuse. Yeah, I really want to do this, but I can't, you know, I can't. I can't afford to now give tzedakah like this. I, I really would like to. I'm like, you know, I want to. <laughs> I really want to. If you really wanted to, it would, it would happen. You don't really want to, right? You don't want enough, right? We said the story of Zushan of Elimelech. Another story. I'll say it again. That once with the Harlegim, again, the Harlegim, Harlegim, Zushan. Okay. And Rav Zusha, they were traveling uh, undercover, incognito, and they came to a village, and they were exhausted. They were exhausted, and they couldn't move. So they just plotzed on the, on, the, on the grass next to the dirt road, and while they're just lying down, and nobody knows who they are because they're dressed up undercover. So while they're lying down on the grass like that, and they're trying to, like, it was a hot summer day, and they're exhausted, a goy on a wagon loaded with tons, tons of schora of merchandise. And he was going super slowly because if the wheels go over just one little rock, a little pebble, it tips a little and a package falls from the wagon. And it was happening. He was going super slow 
and the wagon went over one little rock and a package fell and the guy started cursing and he got down and he put back the package the package, and he went back on and he's going slowly again went under another pebble mm-hmm. and went. so at one point he passed by where Zush and Elamalet were on the earth lying down resting and the package fell right next to them and the guy started cursing at himself again and he said Jid help me come on he said there was Zusha pick up the package help me he said I can't move all my muscles hurt I can't move he said, come on, do me a favor. You see me up and down, up and down. I can't, I have no more koach for this. You know, help me. I said, I can't, I have no koach. So the goy said to Rav yeah, you foolish Jew. You can, but you don't want to. And he got down. And Rav said afterwards, that was the biggest Musser Shmuz he received in his life. <laughs> was from this goy that he said, you can, but you don't want to. <clears throat> right, the Ratzon opens the door for everything. If you really want, the Ratzon builds the way for things to happen. person says, I want to, and I'm, I'm not going to, nothing's going to stop me, depends how strong your ratzon is, that's the thing, okay? According to your ratzon, that's how you shape the bracha. The bracha goes into the ratzon, the ratzon shapes it. The ratzon of the kli is what shapes the bracha. Your ratzon is like a, it's a, it's a vessel, okay? How you shape the, the ratzon, how you shape your vessel from your ratzon, that's how the bracha comes in. It's very simple. Like it says, Hashem, you open your hands. You see, the mitzvah that I did is eventually to activate Hashem's yadayim. So we see until now, when he said that the, the mitzvah goes from the legs to the hands, the hands to the, to the head. So it's not talking necessarily about us. It's talking about the, the, what's called in the Kabbalah, the part sufim, the images, the, the reflections of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that you are now activating levels of Hashem. Okay? So Hashem's hands are opened thanks to you now doing the mitzvot v'simcha. You reach a level now where you can be potech at yadecha, lecholchai, and you give satisfaction to kolchai according to the ratzon. Okay? So now there's something very important here. He uses the word masbia. Masbia, which means to be satisfied. But a person can never be satisfied with this world. You know? Satisfaction only applies to, to Ruchniut. In this world, there's no satisfaction. Who's satisfied from this world? One who has 100 wants 200. You can't be satisfied from this world. So, where is this Sviut? Who has Sviut? Lechol Chai. Like we said, the Zohar explains. Kol Chai is a Tzaddik. Why is a Tzaddik called Kol Chai? Because a Tzaddik is always alive. Tzaddikim, Bemitatam, Kurim. Chaim, a tzaddik, is all living. Why is he called Chai? Because he's always alive. There's not a time when he's dead. A tzaddikim in their grave, they're still alive. The tzaddikim are called Kol Chai. They have Sviut. But why? Because of their Ratzon. Their Ratzon is what determined them to have Sviut and to be called Kol Chai. Your Ratzon is the most important factor of you getting anywhere in life. It's the Ratzon. Okay, Simcha is what builds the Ratzon. If everything is this negative, you'll, you'll have no Ratzon. All right? You're wanting to be a good person is because you're positive, because you're happy. You, you believe that this is the right thing to do and Hashem shows you clarity that this is the right pathway to take and it's positive and you have a Simcha in doing it, boom, this will now open the door for the Ratzon. The test is when they take away the opening, and they take away the simcha from the situation. You have to build your own simcha. 
Are you going to continue Viratzon? They say from Shemaim, ah, you want? Let's see how much you want now. And they make it, they close the doors, like we said last week. The, the Yetzirah, he plays games with the Naaseh. We don't have Asiyah. We lost the crown of Naaseh. So because of that, a person is in darkness. And they say, let's see how much you really want. And when a person is in darkness, all he can live off is what's called in the Kabbalah, Rishimu. The Rishimu means the, the, the impression he has left from the experience he had. It's like Rabbeinu says in the Kutimran, it's like a person who was, who was blind, but once could see. So the person who's blind now, but he once can see, so his simcha is of the memories when he could see. I remember this, I remember that. So a person now who's in darkness in life, in his Yiddishkeit, let's say, for example, he doesn't feel anymore the gishmak in davening. He doesn't feel the gishmak in being a yid. Everything is just a burden, everything. How can he bring chayud into his life? By remembering the good that he once experienced and now strengthening the ratzon to reconnect to it. The ratzon he has now can bring it back, he says. You don't have to stay blind. You were once visual, you had, you had sight, you lost it. While in darkness, if you work on the Ratzon, you can get back to, you can get back to seeing again, Bezat Hashem. That's the analogy he gives to this. So the, the tzaddikim are called Kolchai. Their reason why they have Sviut, okay, is because of their Ratzon. They worked hard on their Ratzon. Meaning what? Whatever they went through in life, they held on. How do they hold on? With Ratzon. That Hashem, we're going to go into this now, okay? That Hashem, even though I am far... And Rabbeinu says, don't think a tzaddik can fall. A tzaddik can also fall. The thing is, the tzaddik gets back, up, gets back up afterwards. That's why he said, in Breslau, we drink seven up. Remember that, that's a joke. We drink seven up. Sheva ipot tzaddik, vakam. Then we fall seven, we get up. That's a drink of tzaddikim. Sheva ipot tzaddik, vakam. The tzaddik is someone who drinks seven up because he falls. He falls, the pasuk says. Sheva ipot tzaddik. Ah, but tzaddikim are supposed to be like the picture of the Chafetz Chaim, always shining. Such a tzaddik, such a kedusha v'tahara. And he was always like that. No! He wasn't always like that. He went through. He went through Nisiyonu tonight. They don't tell you that, what the tzaddikim went through. They just show you the nice smiling Alter Rebbe with the nice vice board and he's old and he's smiling. They don't tell you what he went through. Did you know what he went through? Do you know all the Nisiyonu of Kaz? Well, he never screamed in his life. How do you know? Do you know what he went through? Until he became who he became. What Nisyonot he went through? The Chiddush is that he kept on going. Why did he keep on going? Because of a Ratzon. Why was a Ratzon? Because he had what to be happy about. He had a happiness that there is a Nechama. There is a consolation in this darkness that there's a light. And that pushes me to have my Ratzon still there. Like we said last week, the Yad Yetzirah wants a person to give up. When he takes away the Ratzon, he won the person Chasushan. Okay? So let's go on now. How do you do that? How do you maintain Ratzon to be a cleave for the bracha? So it seems the Chora, is talking just for tzaddikim. Okay? How about us now? How about little people like us? Okay? You give me a pasuk. You bring psukim about Aharon and, and Yaakov and Yad How about me? What, what, what about little me? Bechen. Look what he says here. Bechen. And we explained the verse last week. According to the Ratzon, that's how Hashem says. Like we explained now many times already. So, Bechen, Mishehu Baal Nefesh. What a term. What a term. <laughs> Thus, someone who's a master of the Nefesh. What in the world is a Baal Nefesh? And why Rabbein was bringing this funny Lashon? 
Okay, look, look what he says. Bechen mishu bal nefesh, tzarich lechaven retzono, sheyamshich birkat sechem. So therefore, someone was a bal nefesh, since the main bracha is sechem, so therefore, tzarich lechaven retzono, you should direct your ratzon to draw down the birkat sechem, before it changes the shape based on a different ratzon, like he said, that it changes shapes based on your ratzon. Okay? So now, if you don't want, if you want, the, if you're a Baal Nefesh, you will aim to maintain the, the original pure state of the bracha, which is sechel, intellect. What's a Baal Nefesh? When you hear Baal Nefesh, what do you think? Big Darga. And he brings proof. This psukim to show uh, he brings a pasuk from Mishlei in Baal Nefesh if you're a Baal Nefesh if you're someone who's worried about the Tachlit always if you're someone who's always looking at the Tachlit you're always looking at the the, 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 the necessities of the Neshama as opposed to the body you have people they say yes I like Olam Hazeh but I also want Olam uh, uh, I like Olam Abba, but I also want Olam Hazeh I also want to have a nice car and a nice family vacation every summer in the Poconos whatever <laughs> I want to have the nice cakes and everything. I want to have a good time in this world man I want to have a good I want to love Baba, yeah. Baal Nefesh is the opposite. It's someone who said, Hashem, you take my whole life. I just want to serve you. Whatever you want, Hashem, I'm yours. You want me to live in a tiny dira in Yerushalayim, 10 people crowded in two rooms and a little bathroom and everything, and the sink doesn't work. If that's what you want, Hashem, I'm all yours again. That, that, it sounds funny, right? But that, that's, that's Lichora, what a Baal Nefesh is. Someone who's more worried of the concerns of Neshama more than the body. They say, for example, the difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz is when they build the building here, they build it in a way that for the, for the most important concern is where's the sukkah going to be? Where's the sukkah going to be? And in Chutz Laaretz, they build a nice building. Afterwards, okay, let's see where you can put the sukkah. After it's built, you know, okay, after the building is up, where do you put the sukkah now? On the parking lot, on the roof, oh my God, this and that. But Eretz Yisrael, the, the initial design of a balcony is where's the sukkah going to be when they design it with the... Right? The Jewish projects, the Jewish, uh, the, what's it called, contractors and everything, okay? So, are you a Baal Nefesh or not? But what is it? So, when you hear that, what does it make you think? But I'm not holding at that level. As soon as you read this little phrase, Bechen Mishu Baal Nefesh, you're not talking to me. Thank you, Rabbi Okay, I'm going. Mishu Baal Nefesh, that's a high level. Wait a second. What is Nefesh? What is Nefesh? Vayi, what's, what's the Pasuk in Bereshit? Remember? It says every time Hashem created a living creature, Nefesh Chaya, Nefesh Chaya, Nefesh Chaya, and every time Targum translates it in one format. Nefesh Chaya by the behemoths, by the fish, by the birds is what? A living creature. Okay? When it comes to Adam and Yom Shishi of the creation of Parashat Bereshit, it says, Nefesh Chaya, what does Targum say? Leruach Memalela. It says, Vayi Adam, Nefesh Chaya, and Hashem made man into a living being. The Taich of Targum is what? Ruach Memalela, a speaking spirit. What does that mean? The main thing of a Nefesh, of a Yid, is speech. That's what Targum says. Ruach Memalela. Nefesh Chaya, a living Nefesh, a Nefesh that's alive, is what? Is a spirit. Ruach, even though it's Nefesh, the Targum calls it a Ruach, because Ruach is where speech is involved with it. You, you speak with breath, with air. So the Nefesh is expressing itself with the air, with the Ruach, Memalela. That's how Nefesh Chaya is interpreted. 
So take that, apply it to here. Baal nefesh means someone who's always speaking to Hashem. What does that mean? Like we said last week, even if I'm having major tests in life and the tests are showing me, the tests are trying to show me, you're never going to make it in life. You're never going to be a tzaddik. You never, 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 and non-stop from the etzara. Because like we said last week, he took away the we lost the keter of naaseh, right? We don't have the keter of naaseh. I mean, etzara has permission to ruin our life, mix up our lives, make our lives miserable with asiyah that this doesn't work out, this doesn't work out, and I blame myself in here, and I couldn't hold myself back, and I started smoking, and I started eating like this, and then and, and always blaming and blaming because the asiyah is blemished. Okay, what do I have left in life? that still gives me hope, it's the Ratzon, the second crown of the, of the Keter of Nishma, like we said last week. Nishma is Ratzon, right? That, like we said in the Midrash, the Midrash we quoted, that the Yetzirah didn't touch. That we didn't lose. At Har Sinai, we didn't lose the crown, the crown of Nishma. We went last week, it was a whole shir, you missed it, Chaval. But uh, there's a stir between the Gemara and Shabbos, Dav Pechet, and the Midrash Rabbah, where the Gemara says we lost both crowns of Nasev and Nishma. 1,200,000 angels came to take away the two crowns, but the Midrash says we lost only one crown, the crown for Nase, and not the crown for Nishma. So if Nosin resolves the stira, he says the Chitzoniyut of the crown was taken by the angels, but the Pinimiyut of the Keter of Nishma is connected to the Pintel Yid, because Nishma means Ratzon, I want to listen. So that, as soon as the crown went on the Yid, it went, the inner light went inside, so even if the crown was taken away, I still have it. I'm going very pretty fast, but that's a summary of the lesson. Which means what? That even if my life contradicts what I want, who am I really? My Ratzon. But on condition that I'm Baal Nefesh, that I, I'm a Baal Nefesh, meaning that even though I do what I do in life, Chas Shalom, person can do, Rav Nosson says this clearly, tens of times in the Kutah Alachot, that even if a person does the worst things in their life, if he continues talking to Hashem about it, and he says, Hashem, I do terrible things, I do bad things, but I tell you, Hashem, I want to be a good Jew, I want to come back to you, I still want to do tshuva, I still want to be up there, Hashem, I've done the most terrible things, and I continue doing terrible things, but I don't want to be like this. The fact that a person gives a verbal retort, retaliation, he does a, what's it called, um, how do you say, shvita, how do you say, a person gives a, yeah, what's the word in English, come on, He's on strike. He said, Hashem, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not accepting how I am. I am one way, but Hashem, I'm telling you, I'm not really like this. I want to be a better person. So what is koveya? Your ma'asim or your ratzon? The ratzon. Rav Nosson says this many times. But the only way that can tip the scale is that if you're doing daily hit bodidut and you're expressing this, you're saying to Hashem, I want to be a good Jew. I'm fallen and I'm so far and I don't know how I'm ever going to make it in life. You know, I read the stories of tzaddikim, and I see where they are, and I see where I am. It's like now 180 degrees. You know, I'm like, they're all, all the way there, and, and look where I am. This doesn't apply to me. And the average person, when he sees this, they just give up already. Most people that gave up is because of that. But if now you're able to maintain being a Baal Nefesh, which means that you're a master of the speech of the Ruach Memalela, right, which is the Ratzon, and you express it, then if that's the case, meaning what? That even though you're going through all types of crazy things, you're telling Hashem, I still want to be a good Jew. I still want to serve you. All this is connected to the Sechel. The Sechel means what? The perception of God. I want to be close to Hashem. I want to be one with you. I want to serve you. I want to be like this with you, Hashem. Right? I want to be with you, Hashem. 
This is the sechel. Meaning what? That person doesn't get distracted by what he's doing to ruin the ratzon. It hasn't even chipped the ratzon. Yeah, for example, these people, they start davening. They, start, they became good daveners when they're like 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. They get married and they say that's a new beginning and there's a fresh guy, okay? These same guys, you look at them 20 years later when they're 40, how do they daven? They have a joke, they have a joke in the, in the from world. When does about tshuva, I passed the border from being about tshuva now balbus, when he starts talking in the Chazarat Hashatz. <laughs> That's the sign that he jumped from being about tshuva to, to, to Balbus when he said, <laughs> right? 20 years, what, ha- what happened? What happened? They gave up. Why did they give up? Because they saw that for 20 years they're trying to dive in, trying to dive in, and the Yetzirah, and they said, Hashem, how much can I handle? How much? I'm trying to dive in for 20 years. How do you want me to still hold on? Where I, why, why is that happening? Because they have no avenue to express their ratzon. If by the person, his only time to talk to Hashem is shacharit, and he's not there, and he's not doing hirbodedut, that means such a person never in his life did he really talk to Hashem. Because his whole davening wasn't there. And, and, and we, tell, we tell people in Brestov, so you have to daven about it. Yeah, I daven, I daven, I daven. Do you really daven? When we say daven, it's like that, how they say daven. When we say daven is, are you putting yourself in the words or not? So most people, when you say davening, yeah, I do shachwes, I do minchamarv, I do tehillim, but even the telling they do, it's not with the head. It's not like you're just saying it as a segula. Did you ever really daven to Hashem? Which means, did you ever talk to, from what's in your heart to Hashem? That's only hidbodedut. Most people have never in their life, in their life, opened their mouth to talk to Hashem from their heart. Most people. And if it's like, Abraham's to help me like that, please daven for Akiva and Rachel, but did you ever talk about your spiritual ratzon? You always talk about Bane, Chaim, Zone, for the Gashmir. Did you ever speak about Hashem, help me to daven? Like we said last week, right? Mordechai Chernobyl, he came once to Breslev, and all night there was a lineup of people with Tzetlech, Kvitl. And Mordechai Chernobyl, at the end of the night, he said, a whole night of people lined up for Kvitl. The whole night was Gashmir. Only one person asked for your Chemaim. Only one person! One person asked on the Tzetlech for the Kvitl for your Chemaim. What's going on here? This is what we mean. If someone now never has an opening in his day, in his daily life, to express what's really bothering him in his heart, of his real ratzon to connect to Hashem, so what do you expect 20 years down the line that became a typical balbus and he's davening like a schlepper and, and he's not saying, what do you expect? Of course he's going to be like that. Of course the person is davening and he's not there. And he started off with fire and brand and everything. And 20 years down the line, he's not there anymore. Of course. Because he had no time to be a Baal Nefesh. Baal Nefesh means you express a master of expressing your Nefesh. What's your Nefesh? Your speech. What's the main speech here? Is, is Ratzon. To explain, express the Ratzon. Okay? So this is Bechen, Shmishu Baal Nefesh. Rabbeinu is warning you. Mishehu Baal Nefesh. Someone who's a Baal Nefesh. Not everybody. It's up to you. Again, it's also up to you. Do you want to be a Baal Nefesh? Or do you want to be a Baal Gaiva? What do you want to be a Baal? <laughs> what do you want to be, right? If now you want to be a Baal Nefesh, which means you give priority in your life to connect to the Nefesh, which is speech, which is how you express what's really inside of your heart. Hashem, I want to be a good Jew. I want to come back. I want. That's why we say in Breslev, the most important book that we have in Breslev is the Kutei Tfilot. More important than the Kutei Moran is Rav Nosson's prayers. Don't, people don't know this. Rav Nosson said, for every day people don't say these prayers, they're going to give a Din V'cheshbon. Rav Nosson said, 
for everyday people who know about these prayers and don't say these prayers, they're going to give a din v'cheshbon. He didn't say that about Likutei Moran. He didn't say, you think Likutei Moran, uh, Rabbi Nachman's Likutei Moran, that's the main, the main sefer. He didn't say that. He said Likutei Tfilis. Because the main goal of all the Torah you're learning, everything, is your Ratzon. The bridge between what you learn and you're doing it is Ratzon. And that's Tfilah, right? That's being a Baal Nefesh. To make sure you're davening every day. To have that time slot, that you have that time to, to express what's bothering you in your heart, and your pnimiyut, your, your inside, and that, and that expressed to, to Hashem. So Rabbeinu's warning, Bechen, Mishu Baal Nefesh, if now you're Baal Nefesh, Tzarich, you have to. Tzarich, this is the way, this is the category of a Baal Nefesh, that someone who's looking to, to connect to the true Ratzon. When you ask a Jew what he really wants inside, he'll tell you. You ask any Jew, even the farthest Jew, you take a, a, a secular Jew and you drive them crazy for one hour. At the end of the hour, they'll tell you, I deep down inside want to be a good Jew. I want to become a Tamit Chacham. I want to serve Hashem, but I can't. My life is finished. I'm stuck. I chose a different avenue and I can't do anything anymore about it, right? They say, I, I really want to, but I can't do anything about it, okay? Rabbeinu says, don't say the second part. I want to, period. But don't say, I can't do anything about it. Say, Hashem, help me. Help me get out of this. I'm stuck. Get me out of this. I want Hashem. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be a fat batata, potato head, Mr. Potato Head, 500 kilos, you know, walking around and stuff like this. I, I, I am like this, Hashem, but I don't want to be like this. And I'm telling you, Hashem, I, I don't want to be like this, okay? So again, that's the idea of the Ratzon. Meishehu Baal Nefesh, someone who's a Baal Nefesh, you have to. This is the definition of a Baal Nefesh. The Ratzon, the speech, those three. Verbalizing your Ratzon. Verbalizing it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have it. No. Express your Ratzon. That's what he basically is. Express your Ratzon. You have to direct your Ratzon to draw the Birkatsechem, which is the blessing of Hashem. I want to connect to you. Open up my dot, how I can reconnect to you. Birkat Sechel. Did you ever wonder what's the difference between Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at, and Sechel? Okay, what is that? What is Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at, and then you have Sechel? What is Sechel compared to Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at? So the, the Rav Chaim Vital explains this very nicely. Chokhmah, Bina, Da'at is the input of the intellect, in other words, the actual godly influx, Chokhmah. Bina, Da'at, coming from Hashem. And your Sechel is the brain capacity to contain it. You have a brain, okay? Fine, there's Mochim, Moach, that's another thing, really, Mochim. But a Sechel is the, is, the, is the Kli of the mind now to contain within it the Chochmah, Bina, Da'at. Mochim, again, we have to go into Mochim. I never really went into Moach as opposed to a Sechel. But the Sechel is more, in our context, it's your capacity to receive. That's why it's called Birkat Sechel. That my capacity to receive should be blessed. There should be a bracha in my Sechel. That when the Chokhmah comes in, it comes in good. It comes in, the Bina comes in, comes in good. The dot, you have many people, you have two people learning the same Gemara, the same Mishnah, the same Chumash, the same Lassan Nekutim Oran. This one is about to flip out and to expire by overwhelmed light. The other one, ah, okay, he sees nothing, okay? Why? Because their capacity of the Sechel is different. They're learning the same thing. They learn the same Rashi. 
The same Chumash, the same Rashi, one guy, it sinks in, he has all these Chidushim coming in and all these insights, why Rashi says like this and things you never even thought of, right? There was a story once, there, there were two big giants from the students of Rav Nossi, Rav Nachman Tulchiner and Rav Nachman of Cherin. Rav Nachman of Cherin was a big, big Rav. He wrote tons of Svarim, Parpad L'Chokhmah, Okay, Yakar uh, de Shabbata, he was a Rav, Av Beidin, you name it. This man was a giant Sarah Torah. He was big, big, even in the non-Breslev world. He was a very, very big halachic Rav, everything, okay? And he had a brain capacity to Mechadish in, in, in the Kutimra. And he wrote the main perush that opens up the pshat of the Kutimra. It's called the Parpat al-Chokhmah. That's the main perush on the Kutimra that's used when you want to understand the pshat on a difficult piece of the Kutimra. So the main commentary used is Parpat al-Chokhmah. Okay? Me'idech, the opposite of Nachman Tulchiner, didn't leave so much Sfarim. But when he spoke, the insights were so phenomenal. And with Nachman Tulchiner, if he saw, even from far, that Rav Nachman of Cherin would come to listen to him, he would shut up, he would stop talking. And Rav Nachman of Cherin said, I want to hear what you're saying! So I can't speak in front of you, I can't. You're the gadol of the Torah and everything. So what he had to do once, and to hide, so that Rav Nachman Tulchinu didn't see him. They didn't live in the same city. Nachman Tulchinu lived in Uman eventually. He lived in Tulchin, that's why it's called Tulchinu. Tulchin, Breslev, or Haisin, Haisin, Tulchin, and then Uman. And Rav Nachman of Cheren lived Cheren, which was very far. It's eastern Ukraine. And Rav uh, Nachman Tulchin lived in central Ukraine, okay? So they would come together when Rav Nachman Cheren would come to Uman Rosh Hashanah or other times. <coughs> and it was an opportunity to him for him to hear Rav Nachman Tulchin speaking. Rav Nachman Tulchin, when he spoke, he would like take a Midrash, like a simple Midrash or a Gemara or a Zohar, and then open it up in a f- most phenomenal way, okay? And even though he wasn't such a Lamdan like the Cheren Rav, but he had this brikat sechel that things would open up. So once, Rav Nachman of Cheren was hiding behind. That way, Rav Nachman Tulchiner, he didn't see him. And he was sure that he wasn't listening. So he started talking, explaining a midrash based on the uh, Kutemaram. When he finished, Rav Nachman Cheren came out hiding. And he exclaimed, he said, I don't, I don't believe this. I've learned this midrash hundreds, if not thousands of times. And I never saw it the way that you expressed it right now. I never saw it the way you expressed it right now. And he was like, you know, where is this from? And he was like such a lamdan, but he was impressed with the birkata sechel that Nachman Tulchener had. He was able to take a simple midrash, a simple guy, and yet open it up that even one of the biggest gdolim at the, on the earth at the time, and especially in Breslev, he said, he admitted, I never saw it like this. I never saw it like this, okay? So this is what's called birkata sechel. This is the next passage we'll go into next week. This is the idea of Sikel et Yadav. It's coming up in the parsha. It's coming up soon, Parshat Vayichi, where Yaakov Avinu switched his hands, putting his right hand on Ephraim and the left hand on Menashe. And the pasuk says what? Sikel et Yadav. Rabbeinu is bringing this proof, Pshat, as saying that if you have Yadaim, the main bracha is Sechel. As this pasuk says, Sikel et Yadav. That Yaakov is about to give the brachot to Ephraim and Hashem, and the pasuk uses the word Sechel. You could use another word, Davka Sechel, Sikel, which Targum would translate purposely and with intuition that Yaakov switched his hands. The Midrash says differently though. The Midrash says, Sechel is with Ruach HaKodesh. Yaakov was planning to do like this. But the Ruach HaKodesh pushed 
the hands yeah. like that. We'll go to this next week, Bezat Hashem, which we to be about nefesh, which means, in our, on a practical level, say likutei tefillot every day. If you can't do it, but do it. Say likutei tefillot to help you do it, but do it. But the main thing is to express your ratzon. Express what you really want. Don't say, hey, Hashem, I want the booze, and I want this, <laughs> I want the girls, you know, people have the talk, whatever, I want... Tell what you really want, Hashem. I want to be a good Jew. I want to come to Yerushalayim. I want to serve you. I want to just get up chatzot. I just want to daven for minyan. That's all I want, Hashem. Why don't I have to daven every morning at 12 in the afternoon? Why, Hashem? I don't want to be like that. I want to daven on time with a minyan. I want to be normal. Right? Or, Hashem, I, I want to have shmerta on anything. Express the ratzon. If you can't, use your Nassim's prayers because they have a the power to do tchet ametim mamash. Kipshuta. All right, Shkoyach. Thank you. Shkoyach, Mr. Uh, Yonatan Pearl. All right, brother.